בוקר טוב, this is לעילוי נשמת אדוניה בן דוד, רוח אמרנו תנחנו בגן עדן. We are on, let's see where we are. We are, do you So we are, uh, B'nai Israel are, are ju- have just completed yesterday, basically B'nai Israel, they went in, uh, the, 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 the ambush party went in, they destroyed, uh, they destroyed I, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. uh, the ambush party destroyed I, and then the, once Yoshua lifted up his spear, and then once I turned around and saw that their city was on fire, they lost their morale, so Yoshua's men were able to beat them back. And they killed all of them, and they met in the middle, and they all high-fived each other, right? So that, that's what we experienced yesterday. Crazy tactic. Yeah, uh, excellent tactic. Um, Yoshua holding up his spear, what does it remind you of? Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, up. exactly. Moshe Rabbeinu holding up his staff, or holding up his hands, actually, mm-hmm. not his staff. Yeah. And the idea there was, however long Moshe held up his hands, Bnei Israel would win in the war against Amalek. And here, Yoshua, does he... Pull down his, his spear No No he keeps it up the whole time mm-hmm. So that is supposed to remind us Of the story of Amalek Now what was interesting About the story of Amalek Was that that was the first battle That Bnei Israel fought naturally And so to I This is also the first battle Bnei Israel are fighting naturally So that's a similarity there And the point is And finally While Moshe held up his hands Yoshua is holding up a spear Which shows you That Yoshua's Quote unquote Device that he is most known for is the spear. Mm-hmm. Moshe's hands go up, Yoshua's spear goes up. Now we go back to Pasuk 25, or 20, let's go back to 24 in chapter 8. Mm-hmm. And it was when all of Israel, when they finished killing all of the, the inhabitants of Ai, and they all fell until to their destruction uh, in, in uh, Till the last one They all returned to Ai The Jews had returned to Ai And they destroyed it by the edge of a sword And all the people who died on that day How many were they? Men or women It was 12,000 total who fell that day All of the people of Ai And Yoshua did not lower his hand That he had raised with his spear until all of the people of Ai were destroyed. Again, and that's remind us of Moshe raising his hand at Amalek. The animals and the plunder of the city, the Jewish people took for themselves. Just like God commanded Yoshua. It is the word of God that he commanded Yoshua. So this time, because it's a natural war in which the people partake via natural means and fight with strategy and it, with, with military tactic, they also keep the spoils the same way uh, you keep the spoils in a normal war. And the idea is, in the wars in which B'nai Israel do their part, and God is not fighting for them, they will get to keep the spoils. In the wars where God does all the work, they don't keep the spoils. Mm. Okay? Yoshua burnt the city of Ai, and he put it as a mound... Of desolation until this very day. 
what is it? What does it mean that that they do all the work? Meaning, like, it, is it? You think it's? I don't think it's natural that twelve thousand men died and not a single person on Israel died in a battle. You're just thinking of a war. How is it possible that one person did not die? In so all I, I don't know. Kids? First of all, I don't know if no Jews die in these in these wars. It's not clear. I mean, the text doesn't tell us that any Jews died, but could it be that they died? It's not absolutely necessary that no Jew died in these wars. Um, but even if not, even if no Jew actually did die, then this is definitely more, the Jews are definitely more involved in this war compared to the Battle of Yericho. Battle of Yericho, the walls just fell and they just ran in. But it says, it says there were 12,000 people who fell on that day. All of all the people, the people of, of Ai. It, it, oh, it would, it I would have said, And the people of Ai, the amount of people who died in the people of Ai were... Were 11,500. It said like all people who died were 12,000. The and people all the people died on that day were, and it was all the people of Ai. Okay, that's yeah. a good point. It seems like no Jews died. It's a very, very strong point you're making. Um, so yes, there's still a bit of unnaturalness to our wars. You know? Yeah. There's still some level of, of unnaturalness. But it's not enough to ban us or to bar us from taking of the spoils like any normal person in war would do. Right. Ironically, if you look at the numbers of like the Six Day War, it's also so lopsided. It looks like it's... Yeah. It looks like it's... Insane. It's, yeah, it's kind of miraculous. Okay. Now the king of Ai. They took the king of Ai. Now, think about what it means to be a king, okay? We, we think of king as like emperor. King is not emperor. It's something we have to understand because then you understand also better all of the battles with kings in the Torah, like the battle of the kings between Abraham, four and the five kings. Mm-hmm. So what are kings in the Torah or in Tanakh? How many people did we say were in Ai? Probably about 12,000 total, right? Yeah. Is that a big city or a small city? Very small city. I mean, the fighting force of Ai was probably a few thousand people. Right. To the extent that the Jewish uh, Miragelim, when they went to visit Ai, they said we only need two or three thousand people to take over the city. Yeah. Now, if there are only ten thousand people about, and their leader is called a king, what does that mean about a king, in the in the context of the Tanakh, or at least in Yoshua? King is just like a local tribe leader. That's what it means. That's how you. Do, that's how it's being described. So it's a good thing to have in mind. We're not talking about emperors, grand, strong emperors of millions of people. Right. Talking about kings who are local, local tribe leaders, you know, city, city heads. City heads. Okay? Yeah. Governors. Now, governors, right? The king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until the night. The king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until the night. When the sun came down, Yoshua commanded and they brought his corpse off the tree. They sent him, they sent his corpse to the entrance of the city and they put on it a mound of stones until this very day. So, Is there like a halakha that if you hang someone... You yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the halakha? If you look in Sefer, in, in, um, I think it's Pasha Kitetze, the, the Pasuk says, uh, whenever you, you kill someone, you're not allowed to leave a person hanging on a tree overnight. Um, because doing so will will make the uh, the, the, the land of Israel desecrated. Will desecrate the land of Israel. Also, the image of Israel. But that's typically what is that referring to? That's referring to people who are killed by court. Jewish people who are killed by the by the whim of a court. Yoshua is applying the law 
that typically applies to the Jewish people, that they're not allowed to hang on a tree overnight, he's applying it to the non-Jewish king of Ai, which is significant. Maybe because Yoshua saw that, A, whenever we, the Jewish people, go to battle, we don't, we don't, um, we're not barbarians. We're not going to take the guy and slice him up and then carry his head around. You know, they would do that in those days. They would take the guy, they would cut off his head, and they would, roam, they would parade around the city with the guy's head. It's a very barbaric behavior. And when the Torah commanded the Jewish people not to hang people for, on a tree because it will desecrate the land of Israel, so too, also for Yoshua, was thinking, I'm entering in the land now. We're, we're, we're starting to set the tone for the way we are going to behave as people. Let me go above and beyond the law and even apply that level of decency to the non-Jewish king of Ai. I think that may have been the motivation here. Right. Okay? If we have morale, but also we'll destroy you if you get an meaning, meaning we're strong, we fight, and we defend ourselves, and we'll fight to conquer the land. But, we, but when we win, we're not going to become barbarians and, uh, you know, and... and right, we're class. Exactly. Class. You win with class, mm-hmm. in a way. It's also kind of the way Medinati Israel fights today, right? Yeah, absolutely. You win with class, you fight viciously, not viciously, you know, viciously is a bad word, but you fight with intent, but, we kick ass. but, but, uh, but you do it with, you know, with, uh, with care and with, uh, with a level of morality. Okay, Pasuk Lamed to Lamed Aleph, 30 to 31. Then, upon doing this, upon taking down the king of Ai, it seems like then Yoshua built a, a, an altar to Hashem in the mountain of Eval. Yeah. What's the point of hanging the king? Why don't we just kill him? I think the idea is to show the people that we've succeeded to make their to raise their spirits. Ah, uh, to like put him. He's this is the, the king is a representative of the a representative of the people. Yeah. We're hanging him now to show that we've succeeded. Look, look at what you've accomplished, Am Israel. Right. However, we're going to take him down because we don't uh, leave bodies hanging for a long time. And we're not showing also, for by the way, else, it's just for Am Israel. It's just for Am Israel. Really. And nobody who's there. Eye right. is destroyed. There's nobody. People of I left. It's for Am Israel to to to. Have their morale pumped, mm-hmm. and then you take it down because you're not a, you're not a you're not a barbaric people. Just imagine the the image. Imagine every person you hanged, you just left them hanging. Yeah. Imagine what it looks like over time. It's a very ominous looking thing. You know, it's a very dark, very dark thing to have. But we we don't appreciate death. We bury the dead, even the the dead of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Yehoshua built. A, an altar to Hashem, God of Israel, in the mountain of Eval, next to the mountain of Eval. By the way, this is a fulfillment. What Yoshua is now about to do is he's going to fulfill the command that Moshe had commanded in Sefer Devarim, that when you go to Israel, when you enter into the land of Israel, you will have to go to Mount Gerizim and Mount, Mount Eval, and you will build a Mizbeach there, and you will announce the Berachot and the Kilalot. And those Berachot and Kilalot are in Sefer Devarim. We, we, we know them all. They're, they're stated explicitly there. Now, that's never fulfilled in the Torah because we didn't get into the land of Israel. So Yoshua is fulfilling the mitzvah of Sefer Devarim. In fact, you could look at it. It's in Devarim Kafzain Bet. In fact, let's spend the rest of the day. We're going to read the Psukim of this piece of what Yoshua did. We'll do that tomorrow. But let's go back to Sefer Devarim, Perakov Zayin, Pasuk Bet, and let's, let's, actually, um, let's actually read it, read, read the instruction, what, what Yoshua was commanded to do, 
and let's see how we actually completed the the task. We're going to Devarim Kafzain Bet. Moshe and the elders of Israel, this is from Sefer Devarim, in Parshat Ki Tavo. And Moshe and the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the mitzvah that I'm commanding you today, and it will be on the day that you cross the Jordan River. To the land that God has given you, or will give you. You will establish great stones, and you'll cover them with limestone. Then, once they are, you know, you've, you've flattened them out, so you could write on them. Then you will write on those stones all of the words of the Torah when you cross. So that you will come into the land with whatever, you will come into the land that God has commanded you. So, first things first, when you get into the land of Israel, you have to establish stones, cover them, and then write on them once you've, once you've made them ready to be written on. And it will be when you cross the Jordan River. And it will be on the day that you cross the Jordan. Where will you put these stones? At the mountain of Ebal, which we saw already Yoshua does. Okay, you will put these stones at the mountain of Ebal. And you will build an altar there. So that's the second element, right? The first element was to write the Torah on the stones. Second element is to build an altar. Okay? It will be in a... A, an altar of stone that you do not, cannot be hewn. It should be not not cut, but but full stones you should make. And then you will bring your korbanot there. And you will bring shelamim and you will eat there. And you will uh, be joyful before Hashem your God. And you will write on those stones all of the words of the Torah. So there are two commandments so far. Writing the words of the Torah on the stones and bring and making a Mizbeach. And then finally, Moshe speaks to the Kohanim and he says, When you go up on that day, you will go, six tribes will stand on one mountain, six tribes will stand on the other mountain, and you will announce the blessings and the curses to Bnei Israel. And the Bnei Israel will re-accept all of these blessings and the curses. This is kind of like a reenactment of Har Sinai. Okay? So th- those are, that was the... That was the instruction that we saw in Parashat Kitavo that Moshe and the Zikanim told Bnei Israel to do as they crossed the Jordan River. In our parasha, we're going to see, for some reason, first of all, it's happening way, well after we cross the Jordan River. It's happening after Yidichol and after I. So we have to understand that part. And then let's see how, if what Yoshua does is completely in line with the commandment from Sefer Devarim. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.